All right, well, we've been in a series we're calling My Peace for several weeks now. Let's go ahead and put up John 14, 27. John 14, 27. We'll read that. It says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus said, My peace I give to you. He said, His peace He gives to to us. He was talking to His disciples, were His disciples. We have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us if we've been born again. He said He gives us His peace, not as the world gives, but He gave us His peace. He said, not to let our hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So could we let our heart be troubled? Could we? Otherwise, why would Jesus say, let not your heart be troubled, or don't let your heart be troubled? Does this mean that we have something to do with it? And we covered that some last week. If that feels like, you know, a weight or condemnation to you, then I'd go back and listen to those messages uh, in the last several weeks. Because that has to do with how we're hearing. And we're going to talk about that some tonight. How we're hearing, how we understand. Uh, truth is truth. And it's, it is the truth. Regardless of how we view it, regardless of what we feel about it, if we don't like it, if it hurts our feelings, if, you know, we, we don't feel like doing it or don't feel like hearing it, it's the truth. And the Word of God is the truth. The Bible says your word, Jesus said your word is truth. So, If we're going to look at the Word of God, we're going to hear the truth, the spirit of truth that dwells in us is going to help us to understand that. But if we turn our eyes away from the truth, or say, well, I don't want to hear the truth, then maybe that that irritates me, or that hurts my feelings. You know, that's big now. It hurts my feelings. I don't want to hear it. You know, all kinds of things. Christianity, you know, don't tell me something that I don't want to hear. Well, if it's the truth, why wouldn't you want to hear it? It's a rhetorical question. If it is the truth, why wouldn't we want to hear it? We have to ask ourselves that because there's certain, you know, and this is really big today in society and even in Christianity, people do not want to hear anything that will make them uncomfortable. But if it's the truth... What do, we, what do we want to hear then? A lie? Think about it. If we don't want to hear the thing that's true because it makes us uncomfortable, where, what are we going to turn? Again, it's a rhetorical question. But if the truth, if we come smack up against the truth and we're thinking, I don't like that, well, what do you have for an option? 
So I think I'll go listen to this lie, because that makes me feel good. If it's a lie, and it makes you feel good, how many of you know there are substances that make you feel good that will kill you, short-term or long-term, or mess you up enough that you'll kill, you know, you'll, you'll get in an accident or you'll do something stupid, but it made you feel good, and you want more of it the next day, but it's not the right thing. Well, it's kind of like what, what goes on a lot of times. We come smack up against truth, and our flesh doesn't necessarily like it, and we will have help with this. The enemy will say, you don't want to hear that. That's, that makes me mad. You know, you'll hear it in first person that'll be like, I'm mad, or you won't even have a, feel, you won't have a voice, but it's, <clears throat> you're ticked. You have help because the enemy, if it's the truth, the Bible says the truth will make you free. So if the truth is coming, and you get riled up about it, well, and you turn away from that, where do you have to go? You're going to go smack dab into lie one, or lie two, or lie three, or lie 48. The devil doesn't necessarily care a whole bunch as long as you don't go to the truth. So when we come up in, in, into contact with the truth, and if Jesus said it, how many of you know it's the truth? If it's in that book, it's the truth. But if it's coming out of Jesus' lips, the master, if we're going to say, well, that doesn't apply, well... It's Jesus. So if we hear what he is saying and see what he is saying, you know, if we're reading it, we ha if it makes us uncomfortable, then we need to ask why and how do I get around that? And if we stick our heads in the sand and go away, so I don't want to hear that, that doesn't make me feel good, then what are we doing? We're, if we're putting off the truth, we're putting off being free. So, so we, and we went into this. We're not going to go into everything we went la, uh, last time or the time before. But if we have something, like in this instance, uh, there's a lot, a lot of Christianity that does not want to hear that, that anything has to do with us. It's really popular to say it's all God doing everything. And everything that happens is God, so anything in my life that does or does not happen, that's God. The problem with that is it's not true. And then what happens if something doesn't go the way you want it? Whose fault is it? It's God's. Now, what people don't want to hear is anything is their fault. Well, what happens is everything is my fault, and they've somehow gotten the picture in their life that everything, they're doing something wrong all the time, and everything is their fault, and that's not right either. But then they come to the truth of God's word, and if they hear anything, it's like really skittish. Anything that could possibly be anything that I have to adjust, I'm running the other direction. Well, if I'm spooked and I'm running the other direction, what am I running into? Another lie. So that's not going to help. But you have a whole segment of Christianity, and it's very popular. You just look at some of the, the, the things that, are, that people love to listen to, are basically putting everything on God. It's all God. It's not true. It's all God. And if we, if, we're, if we feel like everything is always my fault, so I can't hear anything anytime that would say anything different, we've set ourselves up to run into a trap. And that's fine with the devil. He doesn't care. He, if you say, 
you know, I don't ever have to do anything, and you know, that's a lot, he's fine with that. If you think I have to do everything all the time, that's an extreme, he's fine with that. If he can keep you in the ditch, he's good because you're, you're out of balance and you're going to be whipped one way or another. He's okay with you running into a different lie, uh, these different places. But if, if we hear the truth and it agitates us or makes us mad, then we need to ask ourselves, why and what am I missing? What's the truth in front of me that I'm tempted to get agitated about? Because the enemy, he'll poke you however he can to keep you from seeing the truth. If he can keep you from hearing it to begin with, great. Get you to, you know, tune out, not look at your Bible, not come to church, perfect. But when the truth does come and we hear it, he's going to try everything he can to muddy the situation so you drop the word. He will try to shake you. He'll try to hit you. He'll try to get you. What's he after? Drop the truth. Get away from the truth. Go get anything. Go find something else that, that sounds like the truth, but not, not the truth. Because he knows that's not really going to work. It may look shiny, may feel good, but in the end, it's not going to work. So what does he want you to do? Go toward one of those things. This is one of those areas, when we're talking about peace, just when we, when we start here, where he said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We need to know, and this is what we're talking about in this series, we are talking about and touching on what is our part so that we can walk in peace. Because how many of you know if it, if it was all just God's part, all of us would automatically walk in peace. But God's not going to take our mind and change it for us. He is going to walk, through a, walk with us through every situation but he is not going to change our mind and make us be at peace. He's not going to drug you. You know, flip something in your head so you just have to calm down. They have drugs that do that. They have side effects. We can get you to calm down. That's not a problem. You might not wake up for three days, but we can get you to calm down. God's not going to do that. Well, just don't do that, but just make me calm down. Not going to happen. Does it, so if we go into the, the, the extreme, well, I just feel condemnation because I'm uptight. Well, that's not going to help, and that's wrong too. So we need to be able to look at it square in the face and say, Jesus is telling me what I can do. The Word of God tells me what I can do, and by God's grace... I'm going to act on it, not as a burden, not saying I have to do this and boy, you know, I'm in, in condemnation being heaped on me if, if I haven't been in peace because we're all challenged and we all walk through the trials of life and we're all pushed and we may not walk through it perfectly, but the truth is the truth and we can get up and dust ourselves off and go on. But we need to understand that there is something we have to agree with and something we have to change in our mind to be able to walk in peace. If we think the same way, always, that we have, we will get the same results. 
If we're thinking maybe this time I'll come into a situation, every other time I've been really stressed, but this time by sheer willpower I'm just going to be calm, that's not how it works. We're going to need to change something in the way we're looking. Do we, we have to realize that the way we look at situations completely dictates how we react to them. In other words, it's not what's actually going on, it's how we see what's going on. The same situation, in fact, you know this, we've all probably experienced it, the same situation that could have once stressed you out, you went through it later and it didn't. How many of you have ever started a job new or ever started a new class? Everybody's done one of those things in here. A new um, sport, you've had some practices that were all new, or you started a brand new semester, or you started a brand new you know, classroom at the, in fall, and probably everybody can relate to that. You come into the class, and you may know some people, but you don't know everybody. You don't know your teacher real well. You don't know the material, necessarily. You're going through the class, and those first few days, and maybe weeks, could be stressful. Because you don't, know, you don't know the ropes. Let's say you started a new school. Anybody remember when you first went to middle school? Or you first went to high school? I remember when we visited the middle school. As, see, we did middle school. It wasn't called, it was just called junior high. Seventh and eighth grade was junior high. And so we went elementary, you know, it was kindergarten through, the kindergarten wasn't, I guess, necessarily part of it, but kindergarten was there in the same school through sixth grade, seventh and eighth was junior high, and then actually, uh, you know, ninth through twelfth was high school, but the year before me, all the ninth graders in my city all went to the same school. I don't know why they did that. They all got bust. all the ninth graders went to the same school, and then tenth, all the, then from tenth, um, through 12, sophomore through senior year, they all, all the, the kids would go to their local schools. I, when I, they, they uh, changed that program, and so we were the first class in a while that went uh, to high school in ninth grade. But anyway, I remember visiting the junior high when I was in sixth grade. And you know, when you're in, in sixth grade and in elementary, there are smaller lockers, everything small. And we went to that two-story junior high, because, you know, the elementary was all on one floor. And it seemed so big. And the lockers seemed so big. And it seemed like, how are we going to go to school here? Really? I mean, it was a big deal. You know, and I went in and... All the classes are different. I mean, we're not with the same teacher getting sit, sitting there the same class all day. Now we're going like to seven or eight different classes every 50 minutes or so that bell rings. And like in four or five minutes, we got to find our next class. And we got to maybe go drop books off and get our other books and still have enough time to find the next class. There's no way you can do that. How can anybody do this? And what if the other class is on the other side of the building? That, that's, this is 
Stressful. But by the time we left and we're going to ninth grade, there was nothing stressful about it. We were ready to get out of there. Now, ninth grade, going to high school, and we are the first class of ninth graders that's been in this school for years. They're used to having tenth graders. Now, us little freshmen are coming in. Now, that, that we're back to stressful again. This is stressful. We're the little ninth graders coming in, little freshmen, little frosh. And so we're going in to that, and that was different. Harder classes. Now you have just not one grade ahead of you. You got three grades, and these the oldest people are ready to go out into the workforce. So they're actually there's a big difference between a ninth grader and a, a freshman and a, a senior. So we go in, but by the time you know January rolled around in our senior year, we are ready to get out of that school. Ever heard of senioritis? We are the seniors. The little freshmen are there, who we used to be. We're so done, we're going to college, or whatever's next. We're getting out, and it's not stressful, it's boring. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Was the experience, the actual environment different? Going from, I mean, what was the, the environment different when I stepped in to seventh grade versus when I left eighth grade? It was the same school. I tell you, when we went back then, because I had brothers and sisters that were younger, when I went back to the seventh and eighth grade school, those lockers look small again. They're not as big as the high school locker. What did I ever think this was big? These aren't big. This isn't a big school. This is small compared to high school. Eh, you little junior high people. Right? But when that was not the case when I was looking at it from a sixth grade point of view. Whoa, we're going to junior high. Morton Junior High, Omaha, Nebraska. Ooh, and then we went to Burke High, where I went to high school. The experience was not different, but how we looked at it and what we, how we were perceiving it was what caused the stress. Because the same experience, yeah, we might have had different classes, but we were walking through the same halls, same school, majority of probably the same teachers. What changed? We did not look at it the same. This isn't a big, scary school. This is little. Because we're used to it. It wasn't the school. It wasn't even the people scaring us. It was our perception of the environment, of the situation. So if we're going to experience a different uh, feeling and a, you know, different internal emotions when we're going through a situation, did I need the school to change? For me to be calm. I needed to look at it differently. Could I have, had I looked at it better, I'm not saying we were completely stressed out, but it was a, it was a difference. If you went in and had the right mentality, could you be relaxed on day one? If you had, now we say this, you know, we've probably all talked about this at different times. 
If you went back into being a freshman with the mentality, you know, some of you aren't too a freshman. I'm talking about the people that would be looking back. Or if you're, if you're you know, in high school, let's say you were going back to being a fourth grader or a fifth grader or whatever. You're going back many years. But you adults, if you were to go back to being a freshman with the mentality you have now, it would be completely different. I'm not saying I would want to go back. I think, I think it could still be a different way of stressing. That's exactly what I was saying. I'm like, I don't know, you know, sorry high schoolers, but I don't know a lot of people that actually want to go back to high school. It's, it's not, you know, junior high and high school is a transitional time. And, you know, as much as the adults try to tell you, it doesn't matter, you're there. But the truth is, if you talk to most adults, there's a few exceptions probably, most adults are not real stressed about what happened in high school and what those people think about them. Because you know what? Most people never talk to the people they went to high school with. They don't matter. But when you're there, you're processing it, it's your world. But again, it is our perception. It is how we're looking at the situation and what is causing the stress and what would cause us to get out of peace is not the situation. It is how we're looking at it. And that goes for everything, whether it's school, whether it's a job, whether it's something relational. It's not the situation. And I, I can tell you, some people are saying, yeah, but my situation. It's not the situation. The situation is contributing. It's the potential to be stressed, but it is not forcing us to get stressed. It's not. Yeah, but if only this would get out of my life, I'd be, I'd be totally chilled out. Not necessarily. There are people that are completely stressed out just sitting at home. Because if you were just sitting at home and had nothing to do, that's a different kind of stress. It's not the situation. It's how we're looking at it. Praise God. Let's look at uh, Romans 12, verse 2. We spent some time saying, last, last time, we were talking about that it's where we focus our attention. If we're focused on God and His things, we're going to be calm. Romans 12, 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be trans or conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the changing of your mind. 
How are we going to be transformed? How are we going to, to be uh, in situations and have a different outlook? It's going to be by renewing or changing our mind. It's not changing the situation. Amen. Yeah, but I've heard that. I know that. And my situation. See, we can have heard something, but we sweep it to the side and we fixate right back on the thing we're not supposed to be. It doesn't matter if we've heard it. It's how are we processing the information that we, of the situation that we're in. How do we look at it? If we've heard the Word of God and we still process the situation the same as if we haven't, then we're doing the first part of this verse. It says, do not be conformed to this world. So if we're acting the same way as the world does, that means we're processing the information the same way the world is processing the information. In other words, we're reacting to a situation the same way as somebody that hasn't heard the truth. How are we going to be different? And I don't mean putting on a show, because that doesn't help anything. I mean, when we are being pushed in a situation, how are we actually going to experience peace, not trying to put on peace? These are two different things. See, sometimes... We've heard the word in a situation, so we're going to try real hard to make it work. So we're really stressed out beside ourselves. We're going, I'm not supposed to be like this. I'm trying to be at peace. I'm at peace. Peace. I'm supposed to be calm. Going to sleep. I know I'm not supposed to be stressed. I can't go to sleep, though. So I'm supposed to calm down. Calm down. And you can be beat up and get more wound up trying to calm down. Amen? Or oh me. It's true. We can be stressed about not being stressed. I'm not supposed to be stressed, and that's stressing me more out, or that's being a bigger stress than the actual thing I'm trying not to be stressed over. This is what we were talking about earlier when we were saying, the truth is the truth. If we start getting beat up because we don't like the truth and I'm just not doing the truth, so I'm going to be... That's, that's a bad cycle to be in. That's like trying to play church or pray, play Christianity. Like, I know I'm supposed to act like this, so I'm going to be... A, no, I'm supposed to be in peace. I'm supposed to be nice. I'm supposed to be healed. I'm supposed to walk in faith all the time and just trying to keep all the ducks in the row because that's what I'm supposed to do. And then it can, that's exactly when, when you hear the truth, it's like, whatever, I've heard that, I've tried it, just ticks me off when I hear it, tell me something else. (laughs) And that's what people do. That's why they're running away sometimes in droves toward things that sound good but aren't the truth because they've they've heard something, they've tried something, it it makes them feel bad, angry, 
I tried that, I don't know why, it doesn't work, and stressed, and all that does is make me more mad. Tell me something, tell me how it's all God's, it's all God's responsibility, and hallelujah, you can just go through life. I like that message. The problem is, it's not the truth. The problem is, it's actually, when we look at it like that, it's skewing. See, Satan will skew it to where we think somehow everything is supposed to be our responsibility, and then we want nothing to be our responsibility when actually both are wrong. And so no wonder then people are stressed about being stressed in sometimes. We're worried more about how we're performing than actually doing the truth. The truth will come back and say, God is on the throne. We're in this world. If I will look at what he said and look at the situations in my life through what he said, that will bring the calm, not me trying to be calm, but me realizing that what he said is true and he's actually with me in this situation and he actually will give me victory in this situation and automatically will calm me. Why? Because the situation all changed? No, because my view of the situation changed and I don't see it as the threat I saw it before. It's how we look at it. If we're not threatened by something in our life, it won't stress us out. You know, I don't know, maybe somebody in here has a fear of bunnies or something. I don't. But most people, if they saw a bunny rabbit in a cage, I'm not talking about one of those freaky, you know, caricatures of a bunny rabbit, like on rabies. I'm talking about just normal bunny rabbit. Light, nice little, some of you know what I'm talking about. I have a visual in my head. You put it up, my head, you know, super big ears and, you know, no. We're talking about a bunny, soft, fuzzy, cud, you know, cuddly, cuddly white in a cage. Most people aren't going to look at, at that and go, Whoa. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. That's a bunny. Most people are not going to do that. They're going to go, it's a bunny. Oh, it, it's not going to stress them out. It's going to make them laugh. Ooh, that's cute. Right? You don't have to try real hard because it's, it's a bunny. It's not stressful. There's nothing. It's not bunnies. When you say bunny to most people, they're not going to be stressed. It, 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 it makes it, oh, a bunny. It's, you know, I don't, do they have a bunny emoji? They probably do. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not, you get that, you're not going to go, going to go, hey, cute, I know what they're trying to say, light, bouncy, cute. It doesn't bring stressful emotions. It doesn't. Well, if our situation looks like a bunny to us, we're going to be like, it's a bunny. Your friend may look at it and go, no, it's a vampire. What, you know, no, it's a bunny. What are you, what's your problem? If you're looking at it right, you're like, no, God's got this is nothing. And you're not trying to play Christian easy going, no, it's a bunny. It's a bunny. 
Self, just look at it, it's funny, don't be stressed. <laughs> if you were seriously in front of a bunny rabbit, go, no, don't be stressed, it's just, it's just a bunny. If somebody saw you doing this, they'd be like, it's a, okay. You don't have to get, you don't have to de-stress when you see a bunny. You don't have to convince yourself it's just a bunny. It's just a bunny, and automatically you're like, it's not a big deal. This is, God's got this. This is all right. You know what? I'm going to agree with him. That's what renewing our mind is, is when we start seeing the situations like God sees them, and then we're like, this is no thing. Then the stress is like, it's gone. It's like, you don't have to try to get, un, you know, calm. It's like, no, this is what this really is. This is nothing. And you're peaceful. You're not trying to put on peace. You're not going, calm down. It's like, no, why would I get stressed over a bunny situation? Devil go, no, no, this is vampire situation. This is, look at the fangs. You're like, no, no, this is a bunny. Dude, get out of here. It's, I agree with God. That's renewing your mind. That's when we look at a situation the way God looks at a situation. That is when there's peace. And that, when Jesus is saying, don't let your heart be troubled, he said, he's saying, it's a bunny, dude. Look at it like I look at it. Don't let, no, don't let, don't, don't, don't be fooled. Don't look at it like it's something that it's not. It's okay. Now, you can still choose to go, no, no, it's going to kill us all, and start running out the door. You could. And people are like, well, what's your problem? We could choose to be like that, and that's what the world does all the time. Every little thing, everything is blown up. No, this is going to be the end. How many times do we have to hear that before we realize it's not the end? There will be an end. It just hasn't happened yet because we're still here. This is going to crash everything. And what stocks are you shorting? That hoping that's... Sometimes stuff's going to happen, but not every situation is a run for the, the hills. God's faithful. And He is on the throne. And He has given us the ability to look to Him and to renew our minds and to focus on His thoughts and to look at situations the way He looks at them. If we will look and walk through situations and every time our lens is like He thinks, we look at a situation and instead of looking at the world's perspective and taking their analysis. We take the Word of God's perspective, and in case we're talking about peace, we look at a situation and we think about what He says, and automatically, if we'll let that be the dominating factor, we're at peace. The peace of God will flood our hearts. Why? Because we're looking at the right thing, and we're letting that frame our view of the situation. That is truly renewing our mind, and that is truly walking in a spiritual manner. Because we are letting spiritual things dominate our perspective. Spiritual isn't, I'm trying real hard, I'm trying real hard. Spiritual is, that's true, and that's what it means here. And so I'm calm. 
Praise God. His peace. He's given it to us. He's told us that we could act on it. He's told us that uh, to, to let it dominate our lives, to not let our hearts be troubled. And he said then we could be transformed. Can we be transformed so that the situations that used to send us running, we look at it and chuckle? Not that we're denying the situation, but that we are looking at it so much different that we're like, this is nothing. This will change. Praise God, we'll ch this will change, and we'll come through, and it will be okay, and we'll keep going. In fact, we're going to come up and look at it so much differently that we are actually transformed in our attitude. We are actually transformed to other people that say, wow, you're different. When I, I've seen you walk through that, and you freaked out, but now you're not freaking out. Praise God.